Welcome back to Trinus Magnus, Jab's Reality, presented by Two True Freaks. I'm your host, Magnus, and lately it's been Radio Free Isengard. Pretty much an opportunity for me to look back at the extended editions of the Lord of the Rings trilogy of films and basically decide, do I prefer those or do I prefer their theatrical cut counterparts? That's been the mission statement lately. And you might ask, why? You know, where exactly is this coming from? Well, Hurricane Harvey made landfall on Friday night or Saturday morning. And so as a direct result of that, I found myself with quite an abundance of free time because, well, all of the schools are closed, all of the nearby businesses are closed, my office is closed, there's just fucking nothing to do. So, why not watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Or at least that's what it became. What it started off as was just re-watching the theatrical cut of Return of the King. And, you know, re-watching that, you know, I, I thought to myself, you know, damn, man, this is, this is a really good fucking movie. You know, uh, the theatrical cut. And the last time I had seen Return of the King, it had been... Uh, it had been the extended edition. And what I kind of came to realize, you know, was perhaps it's due to my own sort of burgeoning Tolkien fandom that's coming out here. Or it could just be a, a simple matter of preference. You know, I think I like the theatrical cut of Return of the King better than the extended cut of Return of the King. And so I thought, well, in for a penny, in for a pound, why not watch The Two Towers? Yes, watching everything backwards. All I can say is it made sense at the time. So, then after that, logically, the next thing that happened was wanting to watch uh, Fellowship of the Ring. I watched the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy backwards. I don't get it. So, Anyway, uh, like I say, logically, the next thing to watch, uh, if anything about this is logical at all, I mean, but logically, the next thing uh, to watch is The Fellowship of the Ring. Now, like I said before, the theatrical cut of Return of the King is clearly better than the extended version. And with The Two Towers, there's really no version that's obviously and apparently better than the other. You know, I mean... Realistically, I could take or leave the extended version of Return of... Not Return of the King. Uh, I could... I, I prefer the theatrical cut of Return of the King. But realistically, I could... I could take or leave the extended uh, edition of uh, of uh, The Two Towers. I... Just left to my own devices, I think I'm probably going to stick with the, theatri uh, the theatrical cut of The of, of the Two Towers. Those things really aren't true, though of Fellowship. The fact is that the extended version of Fellowship is a vast improvement over the theatrical version. And before I move ahead with this, I want you to understand what I mean. The theatrical version of Fellowship is awesome. I love it. And I'd recommend it to anybody. So the issue here isn't that the theatrical cut of Fellowship is bad. It's just that I believe that the extended version of Fellowship is better. That's all. 
Now, the extended version kicks off with a slightly extended prologue. Now, I don't especially need a longer prologue, but I'm still happy to have one. The next major change, at least that I want to talk about, is uh, Bilbo's narration as he writes his book at the beginning of the movie. He discusses the nature of Hobbit society. This was incredibly useful information since it gives a good idea of who the Hobbits are and how their lives in the, sh in the Shire function, you know? Now, some of this stuff might have been implicit in the theatrical version, but it's made explicit here. And this, this is stuff, guys, that I would never have known if not for the extended edition of Fellowship of the Ring. But this sequence does more than just convey useful information. It extends the, the more lighthearted and innocent fun of Bilbo's birthday party. And considering how dark things get later in Fellowship, this extra respite is totally worth it. We also find out a little bit about the Sackville Bagginses. Now, this isn't really crucial information, at least as far as the story of the Lord of the Rings. But then, the Lord of the Rings is about the journey as much as the destination. We're doing more than just enjoying a story when it comes to Tolkien's work. We're absorbing a history. So the Sackville Bagginses stuff is totally acceptable to include. Another neat thing is after the Ringwraiths light out of Mordor, the Hobbits are partying in the Green Dragon Inn. Now, again, this was implicit in the theatrical cut, but this is the kind of shit that Hobbits do. They drink, they dance, they sing songs, they enjoy one another's company and all that. But this scene shows us what that looks like. They've done this before, many, many times. They drink ale, they tell stories, all that stuff. Some of them are also starting to notice weird shit going on in the world around them. So there's an argument that while the drinking songs and the furtive glances that Sam throws Rosie's way don't necessarily advance the story, the Hobbits have begun noticing what's happening in the world of the big folk, and that does advance the story. Now again, we don't necessarily need scenes to advance the story as we as we would in a more conventional type of film but this scene does some world building and it advances the story so it belongs in the movie no matter how you look at it now later on there's a bit where uh, sam and frodo watch a group of wood elves as they leave middle earth and it establishes the elves earlier in the story and also sets up the fact that they're leaving now yes other scenes in Fellowship, and indeed the rest of the trilogy, do that same thing as well. But the difference is, in this sequence, the viewer realizes that while the elves are aloof and fairly separate from the world, well, honestly, the same can be said of the hobbits. Hobbits aren't exactly running around meeting new people all the time. Elves aren't the most welcoming people in the whole world, but then neither are hobbits. The two peoples don't really know very much about each other. That's why the Council of Elrond later on is so significant. None of these races spend a whole lot of time with each other. The fact is, it's not as apparent 
in the theatrical cut as it is in the extended version. That means this is another welcome addition. Now, Galadriel is another beneficiary of the extended edition. In the theatrical cut, she barely ever cracks a smile. And it gave at least this viewer the impression that she's a little severe and kind of joyless, but she isn't. Not really. She's an elf in a serious time, and, and so she behaves seriously, but she's capable of joy and kindness. Except that doesn't come across as strongly in the theatrical cut as it does in the extended version. So when it comes to better characterizing Galadriel, we have another winner with the extended edition. Another bit of business is the trek through the mines of Moria. Gandalf, uh, he clues Frodo in on Gollum's history and his name. Now, again, these extended scenes don't necessarily have to advance the story, but still, this one sets up information that Frodo uses in the Two Towers. He knows that Gollum is, he's basically a, a deformed hobbit. And he knows that his name was originally Smeagol. Yeah, Bilbo could have told him that stuff at any time. But we see Gandalf do it, and that happens in the Extended Fellowship, and it helps. So anyway, another bit of business with Moria is uh, the, the Mithril Mine, when uh, Gandalf announces to the Fellowship that Bilbo's Mithril shirt was more valuable than all of the Shire. Now, look, the theatrical cut implies that Gandalf was in on Bilbo's uh, secret plans for his birthday party, but the extended edition implies that Gandalf, well, he was, he was as in the dark as anybody else in terms of everything that Bilbo was planning. He might have known a couple of things, but he didn't know everything. Bilbo kept a few secrets from Gandalf, and that comes out in the extended edition. But the extended edition also shows that Gandalf has kept a few secrets from Bilbo, so turnabout's fair play, I guess. Another scene extension, another winner. Another fun little addition comes when Sam and Frodo find the stone trolls from Bilbo's adventure in The Hobbit. Now, I've said a bunch of times already that the Lord of the Rings trilogy doesn't have to always advance the story in every single scene. It's enough that history is told, or characters are developed, or, or whatever. But this quick little glimpse of the stone trolls does a lot of things. First, it addresses history. More recent history in Middle-earth, yeah, but still history. So really, that alone justifies including it. You don't really need to go beyond that. But it goes to character, too. Sam's trying to do anything he can to distract Frodo from the pain of having just gotten stabbed by one of the ringwraiths. And it says a lot about Sam that he'd want to help however he can. And it also says something that he's studious enough to recognize those statues as the trolls that Bilbo talked about probably dozens and dozens of times over the years. And it also helps sell the peril of the moment that Sam's effort to distract Frodo just don't work. Frodo's still slipping away into darkness. He hasn't just been cut on the shoulder, he's been he's being transformed into something else altogether. So all around, 
a most welcome addition. Another sort of neat thing happens when uh, Gandalf stops Frodo as they approach Moria, and he warns them that the ring's power is growing. Now, we've been told all through Fellowship up to this point that the ring is dangerous, the ring is toxic, the ring is poison to anybody who uses it, the ring has a will of its own, the ring wants to be found by Sauron, all of that stuff and more. But one of the things that becomes apparent based on this little comment that Gandalf makes to Frodo is not just that the ring has a power of its own or it has a will of its own or anything like that, its power is growing. And that's something that we haven't really seen Honestly, maybe nowhere else in the trilogy, but definitely nowhere else in in Fellowship is it said that the ring is becoming more and more powerful as time goes by. That means it poses a bigger and bigger threat to everybody around it, right? So, yeah, it speaks to character. You know, uh, Gandalf is pretty sharp for recognizing the fact that the power of the ring is growing. But it also advances the story in as much as the power of uh, the ring increasing basically amplifies the, th- the threat that it poses. And so all around, that makes for another welcome addition to the extended uh, edition. Another kind of neat thing happens uh, after the company leaves Bree. They pass through the midwater, uh, or rather the midgewater marshes. And later on, Aragorn uh, hunts a deer and then brings it back to the, to the hobbits. And then later that night, Frodo wakes up and he overhears Aragorn uh, singing the tale of Baron and Luthien. So, a lot of stuff to unpack here, but one of the things that, extended or not, none of the trilogy really does is explain who rangers are, what they do, you know, what, what exactly their skill sets are supposed to be, all of that stuff. And so when we see that uh, Aragorn is really skilled with a sword, He's even got some skill as an archer. He's obviously good at hunting. We get a better idea of who Aragorn is, and also, by extension, who the rangers are. And so that's just kind of useful to know. Another thing is the song that Aragorn sings about Baron and Luthien. I mean, number one, it's, it is very much in-universe. I mean, as, as far as I understand it, the tale of Baron and Luthien is very well known among uh, the, uh, I don't know, citizens of, of Middle-earth. They know that story, you know? And it's it's become part of their collective folklore. And it makes sense that Aragorn would know that story, but it also makes sense that he would relate to it as deeply as he does, because as Baron was a mortal man who fell in love with an elf uh, maiden, Aragorn is a mortal man who has fallen in love with Arwen, an elf maiden, and so I think he would relate to it on that personal level. So it kind of hints at that that sort of uh, tension, you know, betwixt and between Arwen's fate and what and basically what's going to happen with that. And it sets it up early, but uh, so I mean, I guess there is, you know, narrative value in that, but there's also character value in that, you know, Aragorn isn't uh, a passive observer of his own life. He's affected by the things that happen to him. And he's affected by the his inability to connect with 
with Arwen in a way that won't separate her from her own people, you know, and, you know, what that's doing to him on a personal level. And so, you know, all around, this makes for another great addition, another winner. There's some other stuff I could probably mention, but it's honestly, a lot of this stuff is really, it's more of the same. What I'm driving at here is that the, the uh, theatrical cut of Fellowship is awesome and it's totally worth watching. And if you prefer the theatrical version, do. More power to you. But me, speaking as a novice with The Lord of the Rings and Tolkien and all that stuff, I think I prefer the extended edition of Fellowship of the Ring. But only of Fellowship of the Ring. As I've said, I can take or leave the extended edition of The Two Towers and... Well... Let's let's face it, I could pretty much leave the extended edition of Return of the King. But the extended fellowship is awesome, on top of awesome, with tons of awesome in between. And yet... And yet... The HD version of the extended fellowship is a total miss. I don't know what the hell happened. But the color timing for the Extended Fellowship is fucked up. Everything has this strange matrixy green color tint to everything. The green coloring kind of kind of skews uh, all of these scenes that were supposed to have kind of neutral lighting, more towards the green, and it's distracting. And it, guys, it honestly serves no apparent purpose. It was just done arbitrarily, or so it seems. And so, because of that, I don't really recommend buying the Fellowship Blu-ray. For right now, the DVD is still the way to go with the Extended Fellowship. But, who knows? Someday, they may decide to unfuck the Extended Fellowship in HD. Anyway. So that's that, I think. That's pretty much what I have to say about the Theatrical versus Extended Editions of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, at least for right now. So, as to the future, who knows? Maybe I'll take a look at the Hobbit movies and find something to talk about with them, or maybe it'll be something else. I don't know. No promises. But we'll see how things go. And that's pretty much it for me this time. So, bye everybody. I will see you next time.